With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yes. Hello, and welcome to Purple After Dark, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Daily Vikings. Used to be entertainment, now it's therapy. Daily Vikings therapy. And these sessions are free of charge. To anyone who clicks the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, thanks for getting us to 20,000 a couple nights ago. We appreciate the community that uh, you guys have helped us build here. And every Tuesday night, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, our executive producer, Declan Goff, we welcome our friend, Realistic Randy. He is one of the most fiercely passionate Vikings fans we know. He's got his own YouTube channel, Realistic Randy, and he is one of the OG callers into Vikings Ventline. And uh, we're about to dive in here to a lot of quarterback discussion and speculation, all presented by our friends at Surly and TCL. TCL is a great TV to watch non-Vikings playoff football this January and February. It's one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Randy. Start us off. This coaching era needs to end, and it needs to end now. And the reason why I consistently tee off on Mike Zimmer is Leslie Frazier. I remember he wasn't good for the Vikings as a head coach, but he was humble about it. Hey, we're just going to go out there. We're going to try to win games and see what we can do. Okay, cool. Mike Zimmer, on the other hand, for eight years, he's been arrogant. He's been a pompous ass. He's been fake. He's been phony. He walks around like his stuff doesn't stink, as if he's accomplished all that he needs to do to have tenure as the Vikings head coach forever. And don't just take my word for it. 2019, after the wild card win against the Saints, you remember leading up to that game, it was hot seat speculation for Mike Zimmer. And so Zimmer, after the win, talked to Deion Sanders. You ball, you get the call. And Deion asked him, hey, what's, what do you think about all this hot seat talk? And he said, it's ridiculous. I've won 60% of my games. I'm the third winningest coach in Vikings franchise history, and I have to put up with this crap? Even though in the playoffs I haven't done squat, but in the regular season I can muster up just enough wins to where if I have an ownership group that does not demand excellence, I'm good. 
Sunday night. Okay. Sean Mannion. And to be fair, as much as I've poked fun at him, I feel bad for the guy. I really, really do. Because at the end of the day, if the Vikings are going to continuously offer this dude the vet minimum, I'm guessing, what is it, half a million dollars per year for the last three years, then, okay, he's going to go out there, make his money. I have no problem with that. What we saw Sunday night is who Sean Mannion has always been. He's the worst backup quarterback in the NFL. But for the last three years, Mike Zimmer and select members of the Twin Cities media boosted this dude up like he was the second coming of Jesus. And let's be clear about something. Mike Zimmer has no problem defending Sean Mannion. Mike Zimmer has no problem defending every defensive player he's ever had. Mike Zimmer has no problem defending Greg Joseph this year, the kicker. But his rookie quarterback, he will throw him under the bus like it's no tomorrow. And what's crazy is this whole idea that, well, Sean Mannion, how dare you question the legitimacy of it? I don't know. I cannot differentiate between whether Kellen Mond is bad and just not ready or if Mike Zimmer is hell-bent on making Sean Mannion the franchise backup quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm dead serious. There's nothing wrong with having a backup quarterback who can make plays. Jacoby Brissett, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, Case Keenum. These are guys that can, okay, if your starting quarterback goes down, you have a guy that can at least make plays and gives you a legitimate chance to win. Sean Mannion really does that? So just to recap here, you haven't done crap in the playoffs except beat one team. One of them was off of a lightning in a bottle play. You throw players under the bus that you don't like, mainly on offense. Clock management has been crappy. Who are you? What have you done? He's the fakest coach I've ever seen in my life. If not for the Vikings, outside of the Bengals, if he was with any other team, he would have been fired a long time ago. Everything that we're seeing right now, this is who Mike Zimmer has always been. It's just amazing that it's taken this point. And if it's true that the Wolf Brothers are still not sure about what they want to do with their head coach and the GM, the GM, oh, my God, you can't get an offensive line. You trade back for endless seventh-round draft picks. You value quantity over quality of your draft picks. But if it's true that the Wolf Brothers are undecided on the head coach and the GM, then they're even bigger morons than I thought. Wow. Coming in great hot. rant. Coming in hot to start Purple After Dark. A great rant. And so I feel like what you just said, too, because and this starts out really, I think, a couple episodes ago where, where you said that you were dead inside towards this team. Um, Randy, I feel like what you're painting, too, is a very important picture of how a lot of people and, and most importantly, a lot of fans who buy a lot of tickets and merchandise, how how they feel. And that's why I think the Wilfs have no choice but to make a change now, too, uh, because for all of those who say the, the Vikings don't care what fans that you really think like like we get that a lot. The Vikings don't care what the fans think. You guys think that people will listen to the fans? I'm going to tell you right now, with what you just said, um, and I think enough people now think that, 
and feel that that way, they better care and they do care. And so this is why as much as the Wilfs might like Rick and in heck, potentially Mike, what you just basically got done talking about going back a couple weeks too, to the fact that you volunteered the fact that you were dead inside when it came to the Vikings, those are very important things. Cause I'll tell you right now, a few weeks after the season comes to an end, the Vikings are going to send out season ticket renewal forms. Oh boy. <laughs> and with the way that you're, but, but I'm saying if you don't, if they don't make changes here, here's where they do care what fans think. If you lived in this state and you pretend and you potentially, and, and you would be the type of candidate to potentially, if you, you lived here buy tickets, there are certainly yep. people like you who are passionate as well, who buy tickets um, if you put on your sheet, ah, I'm going to pass. I'm going to, I'm going to decline. I'm not going to, they will listen. And this is why I like everything that you just ran through is an extremely important tutorial on a, what fans say makes a difference. And B, why one of the reasons why Monday, January 10th, we will see changes. One of the reasons why is what the picture you just painted. I really this- believe that. This team is the king of hype. They are the king of almost. They can almost get to the playoffs. They can almost make it to the next round. They can almost win a championship. I cannot emphasize this enough. This team sucks. It sucked for a long time. No team with credibility takes the Minnesota Vikings seriously. So if you're the Wolf Brothers and you're sitting there, I don't know, what are we going to do? That's on you. If I were in Minnesota, and I still might go out there and visit and do some content out there, but I'm I'm not spending any money on this team because based on your actions as a team, you don't give a damn about me. So why should I give a damn about you? This team is a joke. This team sucks. It sucked for a long time. I think what's frustrating is this thought among the ownership group and this thought among, I, I hate to use like, Twitter and Ventline is like the only, yeah. You know, those are small samples relative to like the greater fan base, but there's this paralyzing fear among the ownership group and a lot of fans of what they might lose. You know, it's like we keep going back to, well, whether it's, whether it's the team or whether it's, you talk about the quarterback, right? Well, see, look what could happen. If you get rid of cousins, then you could wind up with a Sean Mannion. Or a Christian Ponder. It's like, right, but the current construction of the team hasn't been above 500 in 700 plus days. So there's, it's, it's not like when the, you guys remember when the Chargers, like 15 years ago, went 13 and three or 14 and yeah. two or something, got bounced in the first round of the playoffs and fired Norv Turner. Marty or I'm sorry, Marty Schottenheimer yeah. and promoted Norv Turner to, to head coach. Mm. It's like, now, now, okay, that is a ballsy front office and ownership move because you actually do have something to lose. You were a 13 or a 14 win team and you said, uh, uh-uh, uh, ain't good enough. And they actually, you know, they wound up regressing and I'm not sure. I don't think they've really ever been back to those heights, but the risk of making a move at coach or general manager or quarterback is very, very small. Unless you think this franchise is like on the verge of slipping into a Houston Texans or a Detroit lions like stretch. And let's Let's give ourselves a little more credit around here, okay? Like, you can pretty much count on one hand the last 50 years how many train wreck seasons the Vikings have had. 
And so I don't think the ownership or fans should be afraid to make a couple big moves here to go from borderline playoff team to potential Super Bowl contender. And there is zero chance you can be a Super Bowl contender with the current main stakeholders in their current jobs, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and in my opinion, Kirk Cousins. I think, I don't think this team needs a rebuild. I think they need a refresh. I think if you are going to keep any one member of that trio, Kirk Cousins is the only correct answer because we've seen, we've seen the ceiling of Rick Spielman as a general manager and Mike Zimmer as a head coach. Whereas Kirk Cousins, I would be willing to give him one year with an offensive-minded head coach who has at least somewhat average intelligence at clock management. Don't forget, guys, for the majority of this season, with incompetent coaching, with a crappy defense towards the bottom of the league, The Vikings, offensively, they've been in just about every single game that they've played. Now, the yeah, but with Kirk Cousins is, well, okay, for December, he played like crap, and specifically against the Rams. I think this was to Alexander Madison, but there was a third down play. I want to say it was third and goal, or they were in the red zone. Kirk Cousins threw an immediate out pass to Alexander Madison, well short of the sticks. And I'm come on, man. That's the leadership thing that Phil, I think you really beat the drum on when it comes to Kirk Cousins. I would give one year of Kirk Cousins with an offensive minded head coach. I don't think this team, just because if you let go of the head coach and the GM, all of a sudden you have to blow the whole thing up and we got to start from scratch and we're going to be the Lions or the Texans. This team is still talented. In fact, of all the teams that may be searching for a head coach, I would argue the Vikings are the most attractive destination for any head coach. I think they would have their pick of the litter of any candidate of head coach if they make the decision to fire Mike Zimmer, which I don't know if they are. And some of that depends on, like, if you're a head coaching candidate, would you rather strap yourself to a generationally talented quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence but a a dumpster fire franchise and, and a bad roster around him or would you rather come in here where the roster's better, but maybe you're not too high on a thirty soon to be thirty four year old, you know, fourteenth best quarterback in the NFL on a bloated contract? I mean, the roster's better here, but a lot of head coaching candidates might say, I'd rather take my chances with Justin Fields for five years or with Trevor Lawrence for five years. The foundation here, the one thing is it's really good. Um Shad Khan with the Jags um appears to have no clue. I'll say this: the Wilfs, the Wilfs, when they make their moves, are I think good to work for. I don't think they're bumbling fools. They get comfortable, which is not a good thing. But I think Randy's right. Like I think this is a great job because you you've got the new stadium, you've got the practice facility, you you've got um, a real attractive platform to draw players here potentially if you've got the cap room. But I really think that this whole thing goes to so like I I don't think that there's this piecemeal because I keep see, seeing this on Twitter too, you know you can pick one t- to save Kirk, Rick or Mike. Um, I think the reality is you've got to get a GM in here, who then gets a coach and they have to to look at Kirk because we don't know what a what a really competent offensive um, set of people would say. We don't know. Like, like we're assuming, well, well, Kirk's fine. But 
part of the thing where, where Rick and Kirk, by extension guys, has bamboozled us is this one. Um, through either bad draft picks, uh, moves that didn't work, Rick Spielman's inability as the Vikings GM to find a quarterback leaves the fan base here and a lot of, of those of us in the media looking at Kirk as, well, he's been pretty good. Statistically, he's good. Um, but, I mean, this goes back to, for at least Rick Spielman, Christian Ponder. And and Ponder was a complete bust. Teddy looked like he was go- going to be Zim's guy, and unfortunately his knee blew up. Uh, they went and got Bradford, which I still agree with, but then his yeah. legs went south. And, and so the real reality here is we as, as uh, Vikings observers look at Kirk and say, well, he's the best that Rick's done. I would love to see what a new um, football operations staff said, because they might say, uh, yeah, you know what? No. And, and the point that you hit on, Randy, that's the problem is this one. I don't think you can do Kirk for one year because Kirk's got that year left on his contract yeah. and he Correct. ain't playing. I, I mean, you're checkmate. not. His yeah. contract is checkmate. And so you really got and And so, so the question for you comes now, if, if you became GM of this team, would you do three years? Cause that's probably what it's going to, to take. So like, this is contractually, this is just terrible timing uh, because you don't get that. Well, I'll take a look at the car and then decide. So, there's just so many things at play here that I think Vikings fans don't really think through uh, that are going to be issues here very quickly after the Bears game. And you do have, to your point, this may be the best time to trade Kirk. I mean, the trade market for him, you got to look at teams like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Denver, maybe Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers decides to leave. There are going to be teams out there that think they're a quarterback away from competing. I will say this, though. At the end of the day, whoever you hire as a GM and head coach, whatever they decide, I'm good with it. I'm good with Kirk Cousins. I'm good without Kirk Cousins. I'm not a Kirk Stan or a Kirk hater at all. Mm -hmm. What I will say, though, is that the one thing that has me saying, okay, maybe you should consider keeping Kirk is Justin Jefferson, because if this thing goes south and you don't have an adequate replacement for a Kirk Cousins, that's the guy that I'm trying to keep here long term. This is a generational wide receiver. And that's why I say you can refresh instead of rebuild. Whatever it takes to keep this guy, I feel that Kirk Cousins gives this team with competent coaching. They give this team a a legitimate shot of winning if everything goes right, but I understand everything's not going to go right. If Justin Jefferson was not in the picture, I would say, I don't really give a damn. But if things go south and you have a Sean Mannion, that's your starting quarterback, where Justin Jefferson is going to catch 40 yards a game, that's going to be a problem. The Cousins thing is so easy to me because it all comes down to his contract. Sure. And I and I might I might take it a step further and say, like, Regardless of his contract, I think there's some fatal flaws in his personality, his leadership, his game that are just going to prevent you from winning four games in the playoffs against the best teams in the world. But I would I would entertain a discussion if he were willing to do a drastic restructuring and give the Vikings flexibility to build more depth, get a right guard, a center, et cetera, et cetera. 
But the question you have to ask yourself is because a, a lot of people, the, the cousins crusaders, so to speak, that look at his stats and you know and stare at his four thousand yard seasons and. There's a lot of people that think that he is the glue that's holding this thing together the last couple of years. That yeah, I mean yeah, they only have seven wins, but imagine where they'd be if they didn't have this god throwing, you know, for four thousand yards every season and uh, and being pinpoint accurate from the pocket. So do you really think Kirk is a part of the solution going forward, or do you look at his track record, the last not even the last ten years in the NFL? If you go back the last 15 years of his football career back to high school, he has never come close to playing for or leading a championship-caliber team. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, he, I think he became a starting quarterback like his sophomore, junior year in high school at uh, Holland Christian. They went 7-3 and three in his uh, best season, got smoked by about five touchdowns in an early playoff round, and then he went to Michigan State. His peak at Michigan State was an outback bowl victory in which he threw three interceptions in that game. I mean, that was like the peak. They had some good teams, but that was the peak of his college career. And then in the NFL, we know that he just has never been to a conference championship game, and everyone wants to keep pointing at the things around him. Well, the coaching, well, the organization, Washington, well, the offensive line, well, what about the defense? But at some point, high school, college, professional, when you're in your mid-30s and you play quarterback, you are the leader of a franchise. You are the most influential player on that roster when it comes to wins and losses. And none of your teams, going back to when you were 17 years old, have ever come anywhere close to playing for a championship. At some point, I stopped looking at you as the glue that's holding everything together and, the and, and well, he's got to be part of the solution because look at his numbers and say, Boy, he seems to be the common denominator for 15 years of not train wrecks. Like, you're not going to be a train wreck with him because he's, he's too good. I think, I think he is one of the best, like, he has one of the highest floors of any quarterback in the NFL. His floor is higher than Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is going to have a train wreck game more often than Kirk Cousins will because Pat Mahomes might throw three interceptions. Kirk will not. I don't view him as part of the solution. I view him as a cog. And if he's a cog, that's fine, but you can't be the third highest paid player in the NFL. You need to drastically scale back the amount of money you make relative to the cap so that we can fill up the rest of the roster around here and make up for your deficiencies. Your thoughts? I will say that it depends on how you viewed Kirk when the Vikings signed him in 2018. Who he has been for the Vikings is what he was with Washington. No amount of money is going to make him a better player. Now to the, okay, I don't know if this guy can elevate this team to a championship. The last 10 Super Bowl winners, okay, I can only come up with four quarterbacks that was, as what you would say, just a cog in the system. No one that really elevated their team. So we go to Nick Foles with Philly. Now this name, this next name I'm about, I'm about to say, it's a great name, but his play was not great. Peyton Manning with Denver in 2016. Joe Flacco in 2013, although he did play pretty well in that postseason. Correct. And then Eli Manning in 2012 with the Giants. Outside of that, it's Tom Brady, 
it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Russell Wilson. So there, are, you're only going to find but so many of those guys, those special guys that can really elevate the team. And Kirk Cousin, he, he's never going to be that guy. The team around him, are you really maximizing the potential based on the quarterback that you have? And Rick Spielman has done a terrible job. The offensive line has been garbage. You traded for a you traded a fourth round draft pick for Chris Herndon, who has about what four or five catches on the season, one touchdown. It was a disaster. They did not do a good enough job of putting the best team they could around this quarterback. I don't listen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, everybody wants to find those guys. But for the vast majority of the league, you're going to be stuck with guys like Kirk Cousins and Joe Flacco and Nick Foles. Does that mean you just give up and say, oh, he's not going to. Okay, let's put together the best team around him and see what we got. You have incompetent coaching. You have a crappy offensive line. Your defense has been garbage the last two years. For a quarterback that's not going to elevate your team, those situations, that's not going to help your team out. And you brought in – so the, the problem, too, is – and this has probably not been discussed enough, but the dysfunction that eventually developed and it probably started with Kirk largely uh, between the GM and coach is huge. I would argue that the, that the coach either actively in some ways sabotaged the GM's moves or the GM didn't care and, and gave the coach guys he didn't want. Um, when you have – and we, we've t- talked about this on – Purple Daily this week, when you have the amount of third-round draft picks who flat-out did not play, something's wrong there. Like, there's a a dysfunction in the guy that goes grocery shopping and then brings the food home. I didn't order this food. And the person, yeah, and the person's like, I I can't use this. this I'm not even going to put it in the fridge. I'll just leave it room temperature. Yeah, this Top Chef challenge sucks. I'm I'm out here. But but let's look for a solution here. Because you brought up what I think is a great conversation, which has not been explored yet, I don't think, at all. Um, and it's Justin Jefferson. Because I, I agree. He is a, he's your best player. I mean, he's fantastic. Um, and if, you know, I think you were to go through the list of best players, it's, it's Hunter if he's healthy, Jefferson. Dalvin Cook plays a position that I don't put as much premium on, but he's a great – but he's a outstanding player when healthy. But Justin Jefferson's a really – interesting test case because Randy, I get your point. And, and yes, I think if you say, Justin, come here a second, Sean Mannion's our starting quarterback in 22. It's going to be great. He'd be like, what I'm the out. hell? Yeah. But I think if you, I think if you make him feel important and you explain to him uh, the drum that we have beat on continually, which is Kirk's contract is costing us a ton we can't get as many guys. We can't get an offensive line. We can't do these things. So we are going to um, hopefully very soon find a long-term solution. But we are going to go get a quarterback who's going to be good, but he's not going to be paid like Kirk. And and in a year from now, from that point on, you're going to get paid. And you are a huge part here. But the most important thing to you, Justin, is performance and probably just as important or more so winning, right? Winning. The formula, in my opinion, and I don't don't think I'm breaking news here, the formula here is wrong. It's wrong. There's dysfunction between coach and GM, which is a bad thing. 
Uh, the quarterback is paid too much. The team does not feel like a team. And, and so I think Justin Jefferson, if it was explained to him in a manner that was coherent and made sense about getting a team together that could win, I think he'd be on board. I really do. But, but I mean, this is this very quickly is going to – we're all going to have to stop finger pointing and point to solutions. And I think a solution for a guy like Justin is we're going to gear this so you can win. Because we all want to win. And Justin Jefferson, to his credit, knows what winning looks like. And I think he, he was so disgusted after that Rams game because what he saw in a, in a game that you went into in a playoff spot and was a must win, what he saw was a team that had no clue, led by its quarterback, how to win. It's Diggs 2.0. But let me offer these three potential solutions to you. Say you do end up trading Kirk Cousins away. Again, the primary focus should be keeping Justin Jefferson happy. I can think of three guys off the top of my head that would satisfy that requirement. You're going to have to trade up something for these guys, but Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or if let's say you need a stopgap for just a year to reevaluate in the 2023 draft, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, I haven't checked his latest status up to this point. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would feel good about those three guys. <laughs> Dude, but I love me some Fitz magic. He's I, the I he's the best like he, he's the best rental quarterback yeah. in the last five or six years. Although he's never played in a playoff game, so you're pretty much guaranteed to not go to the playoffs. But it'd be a blast, and uh, you know you'd probably be fighting in week 17 to at least be relevant, which is a step further than the Vikings were this year. Anything other than that. It's a huge risk that if Jefferson was not in the picture, I wouldn't even care. Just do whatever you want. I just don't want to lose this guy like the Vikings lost out on Stefan Diggs because they can't get their stuff together. Yeah, I mean, God, this this quarterback, I mean, this offseason is going to be a freaking blast. So the, the league year is the second week in March, and there's going to be activity and discussions, I'm sure, between like the Super Bowl and then about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson just did a press conference a few days ago in which he which he literally said unprovoked, you know, yeah, you know, it's uh, possible this might be my last game in Seattle. It's definitely not my last game in the NFL. I mean, he's literally up at the podium begging teams to trade for him this offseason. So I'm with you, Randy, in that if you're if you're going to make a move at quarterback and, and you have to make a move of some kind because you can't just – like you're $10 million over the cap right now. And if you want to add players like that, like you either have to go to Kirk's contract and restructure it, or you have to get rid of it and clear some space. But I think you either need a better quarterback who's expensive. Like if you're going to have an expensive quarterback, it's got to be somebody who can actually elevate the roster, someone who can lead, someone who can make plays in the final two minutes, someone who can bring you back from down three touchdowns, right? And uh, Russell Wilson, despite how garbage his season has been, I think still fits that description. Once he gets healthy, gets into a new setting, I think there's another level to his game that's just stagnant right now. I would personally stay away from Deshaun Watson because I just can't stomach the stuff, the legal stuff, the way that he treats women. But if the Vikings were to go down that path, he is absolutely an upgrade over Kirk Cousins. So if you're going to go expensive – at least go better than Kirk Cousins expensive. The other two options would be you trade Kirk Cousins, save $35 million to the cap, 
and then you draft a quarterback in the first round. Malik Willis, whoever it may be, if you have to trade up, you trade up, and now you've got uh, a rookie quarterback that you drafted and Kellen Mond battling. Maybe there's a, maybe you bring in a veteran. I know Teddy Bridgewater would be available. I'm not saying oh, that. Boy. Yeah, I'm just like he's a hot-button guy. But, like, you, you, you just have, like, a couple of young guys battling veteran quarterback guy, and they're all relatively cheap and collectively under $10 million. But then there's another street here. I'm going to throw out a couple more names here, one in particular. I know people are going to freak out about this, but there's a guy who will be without a starting job in 2022, but he will be the starting quarterback for a playoff team most likely in a week and a half from now. And his current cap hit is about $20 million less than Kirk's going into next year. Jimmy Garoppolo. One year left on his contract. Okay. One year left on his contract. You could probably restructure it, lock him up for a couple years, and really bring that thing down closer from like twenty-seven, closer to like eighteen or twenty million. Because he's the he's kind of turning into Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he's a starter, but he's not really like a long-term franchise guy. He's about thirty years old now. He's going to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick type guy that kind of bounces around. You could save a bunch of cap space and be free of him if you wanted to after two thousand twenty-two or twenty-three and even draft a young quarterback like the Niners did, and he handled that flawlessly and still played at a high enough level to keep his job. I'm going to throw the name out there. A guy like Jimmy G for less money than Kirk Cousins is interesting to me. I understand the cheap route, and you would save a bunch on the cap, but you really need everything to go right. For Jimmy G. Jimmy G has been a disaster. Um, there is a real chance that Trey Lance, even if Jimmy G gets healthy, that Trey Lance is going to now be the permanent starter for the rest of the Niners season. Jimmy G so far this season, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But he has a higher QBR than Kirk Cousins does. I, I understand that, but my God, does he make Just way saying. too many mistakes? You can't you can't do that. If you end up getting Jimmy G and you end up having the – what are the Vikings? The 30th or 31st ranked defense, total defense in the league, and you still have an offensive line that's crappy, Justin Jefferson, he's going to want out that following season. That's the – cap, the cap money is always interesting. He's a hell of a lot cheaper, but that play is going to go down so much more compared to Kirk Cousins. That's that's going to be a very I, see, dicey I, See, I actually disagree. I don't think okay. – I, th- I think you and I might have a different opinion. Like, the numbers actually – it's funny because, like, you might think, oh, Kirk puts up better numbers. So, if you want to just go across the board here, Jimmy G has a higher QBR than Kirk Cousins this year. Jimmy G has a higher completion percentage than Kirk Cousins. He's averaging one more yard per attempt on his passes. And he's also averaging uh, a yard and a half more per completion – on his passes than Kirk Cousins does, so if, they're like they're they're both kind of in the same bin. Jimmy G is sneaky at a lower price. Like if, it, a lot of this is about price tag. Sure. You want a Kirk Cousins for this or a Jimmy G for this? Like if they're the same price, okay, it might be a debate. I'd probably still take Jimmy G to be honest with you. Jimmy G has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk is okay. And Jimmy G has a less than two to one touchdown to interception ratio. And that's that's unacceptable. It really is. I, I can't do it. 
and he's 20 games over 500 in his career because he has a better idea he, of how to he, win football He has better coaching. He has Kyle Shanahan, who's an <laughs> offensive-minded coach. He had Good Bill play, Belichick Kyle. in New England. I'm just saying you need – we talk about Kirk Cousins. How can you have everything go right for this guy? You really need everything to go right for Jimmy G because in that Super Bowl against Kansas City, a wide-open Emmanuel Sanders, they would have won San Francisco against Kansas City, and he overshot him. You know, what the three, the, you know what the three key words there Kirk were? Kirk hits that pass. In that Super Bowl are the three key words you just said. Great defense. You know, they had a great defense, a really good offensive line, a strong run game. They had healthy running backs. Dalvin Cook can't even stay healthy. We're talking about a great system, you, Phil. You, you guys are so sniffing around the right team, but you got the wrong idea. Oh, boy. As Randy said, Minnesota Vikings, retool, reset. Rebuild means to me five years. Rebuild's a long time, far too long. Yep. I don't even know if a rebuild, un- unless you're the Jaguars and you're just horse bleep run, I don't even know that that word should apply to this league because you can turn things around pretty quickly. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are a team that I think still deems themselves very much ready to pop. Ready to pop. And I and I like some of their components. Uh, they've got lines that can kick people's asses, which I love in, in this sport. Uh, they also have a coach. A coach who, uh, let's just go back to last uh, spring, last March, when the Minnesota Vikings, I am told, were informed by their ownership when they expressed interest in shopping Kirk Cousins. They were told, no, you guys kept telling us you're good, so be good with Kirk. That tune is going to change. Hopefully you'll have a new GM and new coach. New GM and new coach you have to have faith in, right? Yeah. We talked about that. Okay. Okay. Give so, us the name. Yeah, so this is a slow burn. So if you have if you have the well, it's not hard. Space is killing me. Out. It really is. You're <laughs> sniffing around the right you're, you're sniffing around the right team. You got the wrong quarterback. Kyle Shanahan would still love to have, and he needs to win pretty quickly, and I mean he needs to win some playoff games, Mm -hmm. would still love to have Kirk Cousins. Trey Lance would be displaced if Kirk Cousins played for San Francisco. I'll give you exhibit. That would be a heist for the Vikings. I'll give you exhibit. I know, but think about the panic. Kirk's always involved in panic. Oh, my God. Who can win for us right now? Go get Kirk Cousins. Um, exhibit Exhibit C of this is very simple, too. There was speculation, and I think it's credible speculation last year, that some in the 49ers organization, when the trade was made for that third pick, wanted Mac Jones. They didn't want Trey Lance. If you get Kirk Cousins on that team right now, I'm going to tell you, I know what we know, but that's not how Kyle's going to think, and it's not how that team is going to, to think. That fan base is going to think, we just got Kirk Cousins. We can win a Super Bowl. Trey Lance now does not have a job. Trey Lance in Minnesota makes a lot more sense if you think, if your new administration, I love which, this. which we're agreeing to trust. I, mean, yes. I would love if they. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, like Think the way you, this. We, I, I agree with everything you're saying. The lo- like, I'm laughing not at your theory. I'm laughing at the notion that the Niners would look around and think the final piece to our Super Bowl struggles. We've been there. We Gosh, got beat. Yeah. We're back in the playoffs. That all we need is Kirk but, Cousins. That's the final but, piece that's going to put us over see, the top. Vince Phil, Lombardi Trophy. Phil, you know too much. You know too much about Kirk. <laughs> 
If you watch <laughs> seen too much. Randy's not wrong. If you watch Garoppolo and you watch Cousins play occasionally for the Vikings, you're far more intrigued by Kirk Cousins than like Phil or Judd or Declan or possibly Randy is. My point is there might be a trade to be made here that finally gets Kyle the guy he wants. And if he does, they've got a quarterback that they're not going to play. Okay, let me throw another name out. It's, I've, I've seen this name about 50 times in the, in the YouTube comments here. And if you're just joining us, this is Purple Daily, Purple After Dark here. Mackie Judd, our executive producer, Declan Goff, and our friend, Realistic Randy, who you can find on his own YouTube channel. Please click subscribe and the like button. If uh, if you're just interested in getting to the offseason and figuring out what the future of the Vikings looks like, let's stay on the same coast. Let's oh, stay really? in the same state, mm-hmm. okay? okay? And let's even stay maybe in the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. this team is uh, essentially playing a de facto play-in game this weekend, and they have a starting quarterback that has one year left on his contract. He's going to turn 31 years old in the offseason, and his cap hit is $19 million next year. Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr is, in, is in an, again, similar bin as Cousins mm-hmm. and Garoppolo and that these guys are all kind of like that second-ish tier. So equal prices, we can debate. But if you're telling me Kirk's going to draw a line in the sand, he doesn't want to renegotiate. And, again, in my, in, in, in my opinion, I'd rather just have Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins, period. But if you can save a bunch of money to the cap and maybe even, like, Sign a three-year extension that smooths the cap even more and saves you even more in a win-now window. Like Derek Carr is another guy. If the Raiders are looking to move on and they're heading into another era and they're hiring a new coach, I'm interested. Derek Carr, for the sake of the cap savings, I would say okay. Because I do think him and Kirk Cousins, they are the same player. So I would be okay with that. If Vegas wants to move on from Carr, Oh, different state. Sorry. It is a different state. They play in Vegas now. My bad. Yeah, no worries. But so Derek Carr, I'm okay with for the sake of cap savings. Trey Lance, if I do believe Kyle Shanahan, maybe even if it's 3% of his brain is saying, I think we need to make a move for Kirk Cousins. This is the final piece to win. And if they do, I'm telling you right now, these Niner fans, not far from Santa Clara, they would burn Bowers Avenue to the ground. Not the people that live in Santa Clara. That's Tech City, Silicon Valley. They don't give a damn. About <laughs> way, too, way too classy. But San Francisco fans would drive out to Santa Clara and burn Bowers Avenue to the ground. You gave away Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins? And the last thing I will say on Jimmy G, which is an emphatic hell no. Going back to December 23rd, so this was two days before Christmas, the 49ers they played the Tennessee Titans at Tennessee, okay? The first half, they ran the ball. Jeff Wilson was getting after it. And in the second half, for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan decided to take away the run game and put the game all in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was a disaster. They ended up losing that game 20-17. to 17. I'm here to tell you right now, Phil, as much as you get on Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings end up getting Jimmy G as the new starting quarterback in 22, you guys are going to lose it. You, you really are. That is I know, unless but, we have but, a great defense and a very I, good offensive <laughs> line and a good play caller. I'm not going to die on this hill, but just to flesh this out, 
Oh, Jimmy G, like the the concept of Jimmy G has already proven itself. Now they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they had a lead in the second half of the Super Bowl with him at the quarterback position. They built out the rest of their roster. Now he actually was on like a twenty-seven million dollar cap hit when they went to the Super Bowl. So think about how great they were building out that roster. Like they hit home runs all over the place. Might require a new GM to do that. You can get to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. It has been proven as long as you've got the right pieces around him. Kirk Cousins has never been to a, a conference championship game. And so, all like again, this is all about if, if I can save $20 million to the cap, give me Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he perfect? No. Would he drive me nuts? Yes. Would the roster be better? Yes. That's all I'm saying. Give me Derek Carr above both those guys, though. I love these Derek Carr. Yeah, I like, I like DC in the league. DC's leadership is a lot bigger than, than Kirk's. But I, I have one more, even reckless, even more reckless one because actually I think this one makes more sense for a path where Kirk can go. Because Judd briefly touched on this yesterday on Twitter, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Does Kevin Stefanski want to reunite with Kirk Cousins in Cleveland? Yeah, well, do we know how Kevin Stefanski feels about Cousins? I, I don't. We don't know. I, Judd, you might be able to know you more like than that. Some more but... than Baker because Baker so, yeah. stinks. Yeah. Baker's of football. a disaster. Okay, yeah. so Baker's Baker's atrocious. Yeah. He's not good. But that fifth year option's been picked up. So no matter what, he is on the hook for nineteen million in twenty twenty two. So someone's gonna pay him twenty two million dollars. Or excuse me, the uh, eighteen million dollars. That number is still drastically lower than Kirk's cap number for 2022 for the Vikings. I can't do oh, it. Boy. Oh, I, I would still that. draft a quarterback and find a can't backup plan. Oh, boy. Baker, if, if you – all right, what if you guaranteed <laughs> – hear me out here. Hear me out here. What if you guaranteed – because Baker was playing through a crap ton of injuries last this year and was atrocious. I get that. But if you got 2020 Baker Mayfield, 26 touchdowns, 8 picks – and a decent average quarterback, you wouldn't take that for $18 million? Oh, my God. Like That's they, a whole the, lot of if. The Browns two years it ago is, also though. had, like, the best offensive line in the NFL, and they had a ridiculous running game with two of the best. I, uh, but, the, but the Browns, so, so forget Baker for a second here. The Browns are a great landing spot. For yes, Kirk. the first part of yes. the great offensive yes. line. Sure. It makes the most good sense run for game. Kirk to go. And you know what they're going to give me? They're going to give me a high draft pick or two mm-hmm. for Kirk. Now, now I, I think the problem is so the fan base wants a solution, which I'm on board with completely. Because just to, to say dumb Kirk makes no sense. I mean, yeah, okay, let's talk about this uh, solution. I think where people get confused, though, is they're like, oh, solution for 2022. What's the solution? Who are you going to get? Um, okay, if you want a Super Bowl here, you're not going to win one next year. Like, like that's not the play. The play here is how do you get there as quick as possible, right? Unless you get, unless you get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, and that's a different move, right? It's but but I'm saying, but there are different moves here. And and I think the solution is, is I, I can't stand Baker, but... What Declan just said is you take a year of that or you take a year of uh, Garoppolo because we have to trust that they're finally going to hire people that can identify and develop QBs. I mean, Kellen Mond, we know nothing about because these people can't develop him. Now, perhaps uh, they're going to bring people in that can. So, like, the solution is not, well, who are you going to get for 2022 who's going to win you a Lombardi trophy? Yes. The, the solution is what's the play to get there as soon as possible? And and so 
So that's where I think that there's this whole thing of, well, if Kirk's gone, who's going to play in 2022? No, no, no. Who are you going to get eventually? Yeah, and and it, by eventually, I mean a year after that. So, like, I'm not in love with this whole thing of, well, it's got to be this guy or they're screwed. This is this is amazing, by the way. It's, it's great. So the other thing that I think people get hung up on is, you know, they think very linearly about about either, like, how do you win a Super Bowl next year or – how do you find a quarterback that's better than Kirk Cousins? And it's not that simple. In fact, if you look at the Vikings' first four years with Mike Zimmer, so so let me take a step back. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback Mike Zimmer has ever had in eight years as a head coach. Unless anyone disputes that. Like, he's better than Teddy Bridgewater was. He's better than – Sam Bradford, healthy, was pretty damn good. Man, what he was healthy, similar. yeah, he was, mm. he was on fire. Yeah. Um, but he's and he's better than Case Keenum. I mean, Case Keenum yeah. played the best football of his life. Best but extended he's, QB, no question about sure. it. Yep. Right. And yet, the team record the last four years is yep. far worse than it was the first four years. And so people like people get stuck on, well, why why would you want to get rid of Cousins? You, you should look to get rid of everything else and build everything else up. It's if you're paying a good, not great quarterback, great quarterback money, the rest of your roster suffers and erodes. And, yes, I know the Vikings still cobbled together a bunch of free agent money in the offseason. It didn't prevent them from doing anything. Well, yeah, it did. They were unable to go to the actual big boy free agency bin, go get a right guard. Like, they had to dabble in the Bashad Breelands of the world, who we all celebrated because they pulled them off the used DVD bin at Walmart. It's about team construction, not just the quarterback. And so you might take a step back. Maybe you maybe you take a step back from Kirk's talent and abilities, but you take a giant step back in terms of cap hit and your roster is better. Like that's where that's where I'm coming at this from. It doesn't have to be an upgrade on Kirk. It has to be an upgraded roster and there's a lot of factors that go into that. What I will say is that I don't think this is a Super Bowl contending team in 22, but I think depending on what moves they make in the offseason based on the core players they already have, I think this could be a playoff team. Now, what I will say as far as maybe they can't go after big names in free agency, but my God, maybe you can draft some third-round pick players that can actually play on the football field. So if you have a GM and a scouting department and a head coach that can get it right, and have key players from the draft contribute to the team that could help out your quarterback. And going back to the Baker Mayfield thing, Odell Beckham Jr., okay, his dad drew up a video compilation of all the incomplete (laughs) passes to OBJ. Baker Mayfield pissed off OBJ. We don't need that energy to piss (laughs) off Justin Jeff. So all things being equal – Declan, I'm with you, but the Justin Jefferson factor is mm-hmm. way too it's it's it takes it from this to this. Yeah, you got to take that in consideration. Absolutely, I I think too that that and this this is a a complete and total indictment of, of this current GM coach OC. Take your pick, all of them. Um, the Vikings aren't getting heat for not for for passing on Mac Jones and trading back and part of the reason why they don't get get heat for passing is because most of us including me have said well yeah but i mean the vikings wouldn't have developed him like the patriots have the patriots have done a great job think about that for a second 
Like we're literally talking about a group of football people, football football people who we probably rightfully so are just saying, well, it's good they didn't take him in some ways because they wouldn't have done the job that the Patriots did. That's a ridiculous statement if if you think about that right now. Like Mac Jones has proven to be damn good, right? And for the Vikings not to, to say, holy cow, this guy's dropping. And by the way, they're paid. They're paid to know that, that stuff. Like, we're paid to talk about it and speculate. They're paid to be right. Um, and I thought about this because I think we were discussing this a few weeks back. And I literally said, well, the Vikings, I mean, they wouldn't have d- developed Mac Jones. That's such a damning statement to make when you have lost faith that your coaching staff and your GM can identify and or develop a guy like Mac Jones. I mean, that's where we all just need to sort of take a step back and say, we need to rethink how we think about this whole thing, yeah. which, which gets back to the, well, but I mean, you're not going to improve on Kirk. I mean, you can't improve on Kirk, right? Well, with this current administration, that might be true, but that's why they all need to go. And that's why, whether it's a disconnect between scouting or coaching, I think it's a little bit of both, but they just can't get it right. Mike Zimmer is way too impatient to develop young players. Who is the last young player that he was able to develop? I mean, Cam Dantzler, he's lost in the fold. You clearly can't develop any quarterbacks. You have no problem throwing him under the bus. In his first year, his rookie year, are you kidding me? Cornerback whisperer, our cornerbacks are ass. All of them, except Patrick Peterson, Trey who's a veteran. Wayne. Trey Waynes? Like, like Trey Waynes, I, Trey I didn't Waynes think was, was crap. I, he, I thought he, he was solid. He, he, was was an, solid. he was an average, solid starting But I thought they developed he, him. He was a solid cornerback. Yeah. and I give him full credit for Justin Jefferson emerging. I think they spent <laughs> a lot, of, a lot yeah, of time together yeah, after practice. He didn't start practice. his first two games of his rookie year, but <laughs> that's all good. But Trey Waynes is, okay, the last developmental piece. But how long ago was that? And he was just a solid player. Yeah. It, you can't scout. You can't pick the right players. Yeah. And the players that you do bring in, you can't develop them. This is a team that's predicated on bringing in free agents. Every mm-hmm. single year, that's our only hope to be competitive. And you're not going to win that way. It's not sustainable. And that's why we're in the situation we're in right now. Yeah. And that's why we drink Surly, Judd. Oh, so much of it. So much of it. Surly, furious IPA. That's exactly right. Nighter day, folks. I've got one here. And because when when you follow the purple, you need to have a Surly Furious nearby. Surly brewing products are all fantastic. And I suggest if you're going to go to the Bears-Vikings game on Sunday, remember Surly Furious sold throughout the stadium. You're going to need a couple. Drink responsibly, though. Good stuff, boys. This was uh, this was this was a fun trip down quarterback lane here, and it'll be it'll be fun when the Vikings are involved in some sort of three way trade that sends Kirk Cousins to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo to the Vikings, and Randy and I can uh, can can duke it out on uh, yeah, maybe on his channel. Go follow Randy, Realistic Randy, on his YouTube channel as well. <laughs> we we gotta we gotta bounce here. Vikings vent line will go off as usually scheduled after the uh, de facto exhibition game on Sunday. It's going to go off all right. But it'll be all about the future of the Vikings, who's the coach going to be, who's the GM going to be. We want all of your thoughts on what you would do if you ran the Vikings right after Vikings-Bears is over on Sunday. Any final thoughts from you guys here on this spirited episode of Purple After Dark? I'm ready to move on, man. 
I'm ready for a breath of fresh air with this team. I'm ready for some fresh eyes to take a look at this team and really get this team where it needs to be. This fan base deserves better. They've committed more energy and heart than the team has done for itself. I'm ready for a new chapter for the Minnesota Vikings. And if it doesn't happen, then my God, what are we doing here? Well, you're out, I bet, then. Oh, no. Oh, I am going to troll we'll this you. team. That's what we'll I've been No, I'll still cover the team. But with my well, channel, I went from me. doing I went from doing podcast videos and breaking this thing down and let's analyze this to now I just do skits. Because this team, the jokes <laughs> write themselves. They are a clown show. If they bring this regime back, I'm going to continue to troll this team. I love it. I'm just saying a lot of, doing like there's a lot of stock like in uh, progressive commercials with Baker Mayfield in Minnesota. That's all. Uh, that's all I'm saying. So there's mm. a lot of stock in. He is really good there. in those commercials. I, I gotta say, they are, are they are entertaining his commercials. Wife's good too. Let's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, yeah. his wife plays a nice role. Is that actually her in those commercials? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's his wife. Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. That's cute. It's always tough when you think you're buying high on a quarterback stock and you get married and like a couple of years later they're just a backup or out of the she league. She doesn't love him a lot? I'm not saying that she doesn't love him. Say that. She thought she was I thought she, she probably thought no, she was I buying mean, she buying low on a franchise quarterback and you know now he's gonna be uh now he's gonna be a backup. Well yeah, he still made a ton of money. <laughs> I think he's gonna be all right. He'll be okay. Monday, January tenth, a week from yesterday. Incredibly important day because that will be the day that we find out the direction of this franchise. And and that will be a day that could chart a course, fingers crossed, to a Super Bowl. And one last thing I will say, A.J. McCarron, I mean, he was a career backup. I don't even know if he's still in the league. Uh, Marital-wise, he's doing okay. Musburger. Big fan of his wife. Okay, AJ McCarron on a six hundred thousand dollar cap hit, or Kirk Cousins as you're on AJ and Mrs. McCarron in Minnesota. I'm in on that. You guys are unbelievable. All right, that's a wrap. Purple after dark. Presented by Surly. See you guys.